0: You're listening to Hive Hoops, a Charlotte Hornets podcast. Here's your host, Joshua Balta. Hive Hoops, special guest back with us for round number two here at HH. And that is Sam Dracula. Many of you know him. Um, had him on an episode. It was probably two months ago at this point, but had to get Sam back on in the off season just to talk more Hornets. Talk the off season, obviously. Talk what the season was, uh, draft, different things coming up. I'll probably have Sam on at another point, and, and you know, in the future as well. But you know, wanted to go ahead and get his second visit with us. Uh, Sam, how's it been going on your end?
1: Oh, it's been going well. It's been going well. We got NBA playoffs going on. Charlotte FC in full swing. Uh, soccer. My, my, I'm a Man City fan, so things are going very well over very well. Uh Wrexham got promoted over the weekend. My, my you know, for the hardcore Hulu it, subscribers, so yeah, it's so cool. Everybody's it's a cool favorite soccer team right now, right? Yeah, it's it's a fun sports time right now. Yeah. No, hey.
0: I I, I know this is a Hornets pod, but Man City's looking pretty good. Arsenal just can't get a dub
1: here recently. (laughs) Wednesday. Can't wait for Wednesday, man.
0: Yeah, Wednesday's a big day. Wednesday's a big day for all you Premier uh, League uh, listeners out there. But anyways, we're going to be talking about a lot of stuff (laughs) on this episode. uh, We have to discuss Miles Bridges. Uh, I want to get Sam's uh, thoughts on that. I gave mine earlier in the week, if many of you want to go back and listen to that uh that was from earlier last week uh so we're going to talk miles bridges and then of course we've got to get back into media availability i kind of wanted to give sam's thoughts there as well and so going to be talking about a lot of the same things that we talked about last week but now you're going to hear it from sam's perspective so just leading off sam what what were your thoughts on the nba's suspension in quotations of
1: miles bridges ah uh, so uh, something i was because he so history will show he missed the entire year but history will not show that he got suspended last season uh and then all of a sudden no no word of it during the year and then after the year there is he got game served uh for suspension which it seems incredibly soft by the league and extremely disappointing Like, do you care or not care, NBA, about this? Like, it's a half measure for something that's very serious. And the court cases has been done for a long time. The NBA had plenty of opportunity to make a stance on it, officially. And it was like, was this like a shadow ban? Like, just, you know, email across the league to all GMs. Just stay away from him. We'll reassess in the summer, and we'll go from there. He won't. You know, if you sign him in the summer, he's not going to miss a significant amount of time. But and then it's also so that that's that was the first thought. And the second thought is, sorry, Hornets fans, but like no one cares. Like the national media doesn't care. Media doesn't care about this team. You know, it's not a winning team. And so this type of thing, you get announced on a Friday and no one's going to really, really care. It's going to be lost in the news cycle. And he's going to come. He's probably going to come back and it's going to be going to be under the radar, just like business as usual right? If this was a bigger market, a better team, maybe the NBA handles it differently. Yeah. it'd be more, more heat, more, like more eyeballs on the situation, but the fourth worst team in the league in a middle, middle-sized market, he kind of just, you know, becomes a low priority item for the NBA seemingly. That's what it seems like to me.
0: Yeah. I mean, like he, he wasn't on an NBA roster last season. Yeah. And like, But he already somehow served games like no sense whatsoever. And as you stated, it just seems, do you care? Do you not care? I'm going to lean with they don't care and that they know that people are going to continue tuning in. They're going to continue, you know, taking in their product and that, you know, maybe they can feel good about themselves at night thinking, yeah, he basically missed a whole year. Sure. If they want to spin it that way, they always could. And Mm -hmm. maybe they could come up with a good enough argument to convince me of that. But I just – I don't think it's there. And for many fans, that's where they fall on it as well. They're like, well, I mean, honestly, he missed an entire season. Yeah, I mean, technically, I guess so. But that wasn't from the NBA's doing. Mm -hmm. And so when the NBA had their chance to take a stand to tell fans where they side as far as the positioning of all of this goes, they showed you, they showed you. And I, I just, it was weak. It was weak as hell. And uh, I'm, I'm not happy about it. I don't think that, you know, it's uh, I mean, and it's weird because like how many games is good enough, right? At the end Mm -hmm. of the day, like, how do you put a number on an act such as what miles bridges did? and Mm -hmm. then be able to say, oh, everything's good. Like, that's good enough suspension and time away for him for that act that he did. So it's all up in the air as far as was it enough, was it not. I don't think that this was, but I really don't know what that number would be, honestly, either, if I'm just sitting here thinking what that punishment should be.
1: And I I think – a, a year suspension for that, I think, is fair. It just seems weird that the NBA was like, all right, you know, you weren't in the league. Technically, you weren't in the league. You were t- tendered to a team, but you didn't weren't on a team. Mm-hmm. And you, you got suspended from a, something that you weren't employed to do. And that just seems like they're just checking a box to say that this is the stance, this is the protocol for a guy. The standard, you know, if there's a domestic violence situation, this is the standard. And it's always kind of been like around 30 games. It's like yeah, somewhere in that neighborhood. It's just a matter of when that was going. Because like, in the back of my mind, assuming that he was coming back from a, just from a basketball point of view for the Hornets, I was like, do they sign him this season to get the suspension out of the way so they can start off next yeah. year? Right? And it's like, it. I don't, but with that, does, you know, because they're free agent, how does that work? Does he get a sign up? as a prorated contract for the rest of, for like for four weeks or whatever mm-hmm. it got because it could, it could, i could see how it could get potentially messy um and over complicated this somewhat simplifies it but and all like i said it when uh when when um the the pictures came out and the video came out i was pretty firm i didn't want to see him play for the hornets uh at that point you know that the upcoming season like the season that just passed i didn't want to see him play basketball i didn't want to hear eric collins scream his name yeah. I don't want Ashley Shami interviewing him. I don't want to celebrate this dude that was involved with something like this. It went to court, pleaded no contest. He's going to serve uh, community service, counseling, all the stuff. He's going to pay. You know, he didn't. It's a weird no contest doesn't exist in North Carolina. It's a weird thing, but you know, it's like mm-hmm. you 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 don't accept like it's not a guilty plea, but yet you're you're serving stuff on the side. Exactly, it's exactly a weird so, so it's. A- <clears throat> It's, it's a weird just
0: one. One of those middle grounds,
1: right? Yeah. And so with that, it's like well, realistically, he has he has stuff to do. Like he has a year's worth of stuff to do that's court ordered, and it happened in Los Angeles. I don't know where he lives, so this from logistically, it kind of makes sense to you know take the year off, handle your family situation, because he has to do the fifty-two weeks of community service and counseling, all this stuff, and focus on basketball when he when's it's time to play basketball again. But the, but then the the undercurrent of like. What's what is what's his eligibility look like? And he's too young and too good not to play in the NBA again. And I I fully expected him to be back next season. It's just a matter of when would the suspension kick in. So now we know. And it's it seems soft by the NBA. I wish the NBA came out stronger sooner. Once the court case, once he pleaded no contest, it was clear like this is like the plan of action. Then the NBA, Adam Silver should be like, you oh, we we care about we literally have a league for women. We care about women. Let's show it and be vocal about it, right? But you know they didn't, and I think that's I think that's very telling.
0: Yeah, I I do too. And just going back, there is an appeals process through the Players Association, and it feels like the NBA was almost in a negotiation stance with Miles's representatives already. That,
1: that's a great point, real quick, because that's cuz He's a clutch guy, and he's a clutch there's no- guy. There's no po- more powerful agency in, in the NBA than LeBron James and Clutch. And yeah. that can't be ignored throughout this whole thing. Because even they, Clutch used Wo- uh, Woj around Christmas time to, to start up the narrative about him returning back. They planted him courtside uh, for the Hornets yeah. game at Staples. Not Staples, you know what I mean? At uh, Crypto.com. Crypto, arena, whatever. Crypto.com. <laughs> Miles Bridges sitting next to Scottie Pippen. You know, it's weird. A lot of weird stuff was going was on. Weird. and I'm, A lot of that I'm sure was from Clutch. Um, so yeah, it's to your point. Yeah. The the clutch piece of this shouldn't be ignored.
0: Yeah, and it just feels like the NBA wanted to give a number that was close to what has been, you yeah. know, yeah. dealt out in the past, as you stated already, but that also that wouldn't be appealed by the player. He's gonna lose out on some money because it ended up hitting the over 20 games threshold or whatever's in the uh, you know, CBA. But it felt like the NBA just wanted to get this over with. And let's let's serve him something. Let's hit him in his pockets. He already has stuff that's court-ordered that he has to do. He's been away from the game for a year. You know, we didn't really speed this process up any ourselves either. And, you know, maybe that's what they were going for. They thought mm-hmm. with the distance and that 365, you know, day number, Without Miles Bridges, maybe it being that far in the past, now everything will be better and okay. We'll serve him some suspension, but it's just – I don't know. It just felt like they really wanted to get past it, move on, and hopefully time will heal all wounds for the NBA and what they hope fans will view of this entire situation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I'm not excited
1: about it at all. Yeah, so you – you already
0: alluded to this. You already yeah. alluded to this and that you did not want miles back for this past season. Yeah. I was, I, I'm with you. I've stated it here. I've stated. I've stated it on, you know, social media websites, different things, Twitter mainly amongst my friends, amongst peers, all the people, but with that year being off, because one of the main things was going to be him dealing with this and not knowing all of the details, the court findings Mm -hmm. and him just be out there. And like having that, like, I'm like, you said, I did not want Eric Collins losing his mind on a miles bridges dunk with all of this undercurrent taking place. But now that it has been a year, where, where do you fall on it? How, How would you feel about, Miles Bridges being in a Charlotte Hornets uniform for the 2023, 2024 season.
1: Uh I, I don't want it. I I'd be if I was in the front office, I'd be pushing hard against it to to get rid of him in a signing trade. It's just not worth it. Miles Bridges is an incredible basketball player, but it's it's okay. As a fan, I don't think it's fair for for this franchise to ask the fan base to watch uh, the fourth worst team in the league last season and probably again next year it's not gonna. it's not gonna get better anytime soon i really don't with bridges without but to to watch a poor product and miles bridges like i i think it's a lot to ask of a fan base if this is some like if this is the patriots of like you know the mid-2000s or whatever and you just plug and play guys no matter what type of history they have knowing that it's gonna you know he's gonna put that aside for the sake of winning sure it's sports right end of the day you can compartmentalize a little bit but this product i don't expect it to be very good next year at all and with or without miles and if he's on the team that's a lot i think to ask of the fan base why he's still charging a lot of money for for his, uh for tickets at home right and it, it's weird it's, it's weird i don't like it i stopped i don't watch the nfl for a lot of reasons but that's one of them right that, that type of thing this this type of thing happens a lot in football and it's really discouraging and i watch sports for entertainment, right? I don't want to see guys. I don't want to root for dudes that aren't good dudes. Like, yeah. it just takes me out of it. And if I was younger, I wouldn't care. But no, I just turned 34. Like, I don't, I'm spending my free time watching sports. I don't want be removed from a situation knowing, oh, this, this person did this in a car. They left the scene or did whatever. Or they did this in college. And, you know, like it's, I'm all for forgiveness and second chances. But as a fan, I, it's hard to, for me, to ignore all that stuff.
0: Yeah, I, I, I'm with you. I think I want the front office maybe, you know, because we've heard and we're going to get into, you know, media availability following the closure of the season. Mm-hmm. And we'll talk about that in a few. But we've heard Mitch Kupchak allude to our own free agents and the guys that we control like, that is our focus this offseason. Miles Bridges is obviously one of those guys as a restricted free agent. And it seemed as if last offseason was held hostage by the Miles Bridges situation. Yeah. And then also all throughout this season, you know, it felt the same, that we were just waiting to hear what was going to come of Bridges' case flowing over into this now current offseason season to see what the Hornets would do. And Kupchak just continues. He's continued to say, no comment on all of the Miles stuff, but we do have control and we heard some of that. And it just has me wondering, maybe there's a piece of him that's been talking about, you know, this looming Miles Bridges deal. And maybe he's saying that in a positive way in order to possibly pull some interest by some other teams to where, Maybe the Hornets could deal something. I don't think that's what it is. I think that Mitch wants to bring Miles back. I think that's what this Hornets organization does. But I, too, fall in line with you. I wish the Hornets would explore every sign-and-trade deal on the market, see if you can get anything close uh, in return, and just move off of this. Wish him well. Wish him the best, but not put – him on the floor again in Charlotte. I just. No.
1: It's it's before the arrest, too. Like, it was, he was already last play in game, like last play in game. Sorry to bring it up, everybody, but we got to go back to 2022. We're going there. He got kicked out of the game, right? The most important game of his NBA career. It's like an actual chance for redemption, you know, gets kicked out of that game. Literally the team leader of that squad. And throws a mouthpiece into the stands, hits a little girl. That wasn't as, Dude didn't try to do that, but he yeah. lost his cool, let the team down on the court. A few weeks later, not maybe fuzzy on the exact timeline, post, uh, post something on Instagram that he probably shouldn't have, right? And made, made a joke about it, called the pink lemonade. Not great. Not exhibiting the behavior of a guy that you would expect of, of, like, of a team leader or a guy of a max contract. And so like it kind of like, I don't know, like, sh- should we marry ourselves to this guy like it's just it it for the first time of in this four years because miles was like the exemplary developmental story late lottery pick got literally got better on both sides of the ball every single season making like serious strides as a complete NBA player and as a leader like the bubble years not the bubble excuse me uh the resumption like when there were empty arena games where you could hear the guys on the floor you heard Miles Bridges he was a vocal leader of that squad during that stretch and he was an iron man the guy who never got hurt and then all of a sudden these like start little chips in his armor just started appearing uh when it became most important for him personally as a restricted free agent for the first time in his career an opportunity to potentially make 30 million dollars a year and then this happened the, the 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 domestic violence stuff comes in and it's like whoa right that's a lot it's a big leap from you know i the instagram post and the mouthpiece stuff right complete like different buckets but things that is this is this who we want to like go with like so like i when before the domestic stuff i was like i don't know if should we should be even we should keep him but i don't know if, like he's someone we want to like really like investing as a team because the salary cap situation is really tough. A lot of money tied up in a lot of guys and it's like, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not sure about this. And then, you know, with the domestic stuff, it just only uh, security. So I'm just really curious what kind of number, if he does return, they get him on. Um, Cause he bet on himself la- like two off seasons ago, said no to extension. Right. And then with the idea of getting more last summer didn't happen does it still get? Does it get the 2022 number or does it get the 2021 number? Right, that, that was on the table. So that that's going to be interesting to see how that plays out as well.
0: Yeah, I stated this on the last episode. I think he's going to get a short term deal, no matter what. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be a one year, maybe a two year deal with like a team option on the second year. I don't believe anybody in the league is going to. Just tie themselves to Miles Bridges fresh out of this entire scenario for the long term. And I don't know why they would. If they do, I have no idea why they would do that. But I think it's going to be a one, maybe two year deal. And maybe he gets one of those flyer teams in a prove it year. You know, maybe you can put everything behind him and maybe he gets what? One year,
1: like 25 mil. I think that's where the clutch thing comes in and where I think like clutch may be pushing for that multi-year deal. And I'm wondering if that versus the actual cap number be a reason the Hornets may balk on matching any, any offer. So uh, that, the, the clutch, the clutch piece of it, I don't know. I have no insider information. I'm just kind of just. No, no, no. You got all
0: the insider information. (laughs) Give it to us. We want to hear
1: it. That's why I got you on here, man. (laughs) We're just, you know, there's like, there's, there's the, there's a, there's a a annual like figure but there were contracts and then the, the length. And I'm I'm wondering if, if Clutch would push for a longer deal, um, just because they have the leverage. because like, they they can do that of outside of one of the few agencies that can do that type of thing.
0: Yeah, that kind of influence.
1: That's mm-hmm. that's something that and the Lakers gonna have a ton of space next year as well. Like it just seems prime – legitimately, all that's all his like community service stuff is I think tied to the Los Angeles the LA area anyway like it just makes logistical sense for him to be in Los Angeles while he's like in the like hangover of all the stuff he uh, went to court for so yeah and if that's the case fair play like you can have him send us that 29 uh first round make a top 3 protected whatever and just <laughs> wipe our hands with it that's that's the most ideal situation for me as a hornets fan you know sign and trade with Los Angeles yeah. Let's get there. There are 29. Who else
0: are we getting in that deal? We get uh, who are we getting? Austin Reeves? We <laughs> I would love Austin, Reeves.
1: but I think he's a free agent too. Like, I don't think they get, they Their cap like clears out, I believe. Yeah, um, it's, I, I'll, t- I'll be I'll take some picks. Not that the Hornets need more picks, they have way too many right now. They're just know. more assets, right? More just assets, just yeah. That they That's can flip for something else or package with something else because I think this team has a lot of trades to make, you know, um, between. Just this, this roster construct. we could, I don't forget want to talk about this or not, but like, the roster construction makes no sense anymore. We've seen three years of this run, and I think it's time to shake it up in a massive way with Hayward's expiring coming up. And so with draft picks and the, the certain guys on the team that have actual trade value and some young guys that I think are pretty not so good, I think it's an opportunity to clear out the roster and maybe bring in some fresh young faces with the one-ups, like, to out two first round picks, three second round picks. Like there's too much. There's still there's too many kids on the team already. They gotta do something. And I think there's a lot of opportunity to refresh the roster a little bit. Not necessarily make it better, but just get a better set of guys um in specific positions that don't exist right now that you yeah. really need to be competitive in the NBA.
0: Yeah, it's time to consolidate. There's just too many young guys on this team. Mm-hmm. And you already saw the Hornets pick uh or not choose. For that matter, Jalen McDaniels earlier in the season, Mitch said, no, like he's shown some sparks. He's shown some good things. Let's get our old ROI on him and flip him and try to get what we can. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, there's got to be some consolidation at some point. And you spoke to that really well between Hayward, uh, Rogier. Yeah, Terry's
1: a big one. You know? Yeah, I, I mean, that's a Terry makes no sense on this team in at all. Like I got, you should be, Terry needs to be a six man on a playoff team. Mm-hmm. He's not, he, he's, he's wasting his time and the Hornets. It just doesn't make sense. He, he's not a good partner with LaMelo. He's not a good playmaker when LaMelo's out. Like point guard Terry Rozier is dreadful. It yeah. doesn't make sense. And so get him in a better situation. I think he'll do everyone a lot of good. And then that's where those like draft picks and maybe get some young guys back or something coming the other way um, and get off the cap number. I don't know. There, there's, there's moves to be made. Uh, so I, I'm hoping Cupcheck stays stays very busy this summer.
0: Now we've we've spoken a lot about our personal feelings with Miles Bridges coming back, or po- possibly coming back. Right? Let me let me caveat that real quick. But I want to ask you this question because this is one that continues to arise and come up in this whole Miles Bridges situation. And you know, we as fans trying to wrestle with morality versus entertainment and do we want those things intertwined do we demand that all of our superstars be you know these angelic you know role models for everybody or you know some people would argue that hey this is basketball what happens in someone's personal life is their personal life I don't subscribe to that but some people do but the one that does come to mind and that does have me begin to think about another, you know, avenue is Michelle Johnson, who is the mother of Miles Bridges, you know, two kids. She has stated multiple times that she wants Miles to have that second chance that she wants him to play ball again, play in the NBA, and that she did not want this to be his story, that this act, that, you know, this, you know, past, you know, last summer. She doesn't want that to dictate the rest of his life. And so she has stated multiple times that she's forgiven Miles and, uh, you know, on social media and various platforms. You know, if it's okay with her and if this is what she wants with Miles Bridges at this point, I guess that begs the question, like, should we be okay with it in turn?
1: Um, you know, I, I think, I think he should, I think he should get a second chance. I I do. I just, I just don't want to see it. I I, I don't want it. Um, and it's partly because we got PJ Washington, who's a free agent a restricted free agent. Right. And PJ has been the embodiment of sacrifice since he's been, since he was drafted. Right. He's, he's been a starter. He's come off the bench. He learned a new position and then became a starter again. You know, this guy is, you know, he's he's no he's you know, he's he's not as good as Miles, right? I don't Miles, I think, is a much more explosive player. But when it comes to like roster building and character, when you look at guy's character and you have two guys that play the same position. I know Miles can play three, you know what I mean? I don't get too like bogged down in details, but just we're talking like attribution to the cap. I'm like, I would rather invest in PJ than Miles. Um, I think PJ hasn't let this team down in any capacity where Bridges has twice in the playing game and then in the off season. And so I'm like, I, that's if PJ wasn't on the team, I'd be more apt to like welcome him back. Cause there's more of an opportunity of need, but I don't think this team needs miles bridges because with him last year or two seasons ago, now there were a 10 seed and got blown out. Like it's not like he's going to change this roster uh, or elevate this roster into a place they couldn't get otherwise. He's a very good player, but he's not a game changer like that. And if you're not a game changer like that, it becomes harder to not f- forgive but to forget what happened. And I think he deserves an opportunity, to, you know, to play again. I think he will play again. I think he should play again. I think the Lakers make a great landing place for him. I just don't, I just don't want him on the in Charlotte, honestly. It's just out of I'm not I'd rather, as a fan, I'd rather root for PJ and Thor and Kai Jones than Miles Bridges. I
0: I mean, that's fair, fair, right? I mean, because you subscribe to, and this is where I fall on the matter as well. We would rather there not be that internal conflict within us while we are enjoying something. And like, we both create content on on our favorite team. That's what Mm -hmm. we do. And so like we cover this team like this isn't like just we're not these casual fans that are watching. Like this is something that, you know, I'm sure that you've been a fan your entire life, uh, you know, just as I have been. And so just that part of you, it became something bigger to where we started doing what we're doing on the team now. And. Yeah, I don't want that internal conflict and. You know, from what you're saying, it doesn't seem like you really want that either. And to be able to, you know, clear yourself of that, maybe get a little bit of return on a trade or something, then, yeah, hey, let's chalk it up, wash our hands, be done with it.
1: Yeah, I'm like, honestly, I think year two Bryce McGowan's is more interesting than the Miles Bridges redemption story to me. You know what I mean? Like, I would rather see JT Thor at, he's not even, he's gonna be 21 when the season starts, and he's gonna have. Two years of NBA experience already, and I want to see what that looks like uh, versus Miles Bridges coming back and showing that he hasn't missed a step. At, like I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear "Welcome back, Miles." I don't want to hear any of that. Like it's so weird. And uh, yeah, he can. So yeah, if he's back, I've made a deal with myself. I'm not gonna make. I'm not putting him on any of my thumbnails. I'm not like for a while, yeah. at least for a, at least a season or two. Just uh, it's just too. It's too much uh, I can't celebrate him because like to celebrate him is like to you have you have if you have to acknowledge what he went through what he did or he's accused of let me put it that way you know what I mean uh and it's just too weird and I'm I used to for for folks listening I used to be a news reporter I have a journalism degree I, I was a news reporter for five years and I covered a lot of heavy stuff and I don't do that anymore because it sucks like that's real life stuff. And real life stuff isn't fun, and not always. You know what I mean? Especially on the news side. Yeah. I think local news, news local now. news is not fun. And I go to I go to sports for fun, and when real local news, real life, true crime stuff bleeds into sports, it's a it's a massive like it's a massive ick for me. I I can't I don't like it. Yeah. Because I go to I go to, and this is me. I don't. So I when I when it comes to these dudes, no matter what the uh, team league I like it, it it doesn't sit well with me at all you know my, my uh Manchester City, my favorite uh soccer team football team, right had a guy Benjamin Mendy World Cup winner they they spent they invested a lot of money in this dude he's a left back got him from a team in France Was meant to be a big deal big personality everyone loves this dude and then he got charged with multiple 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 sexual assault cases. And it was like completely out of nowhere, and City were like, "Nope, we're they didn't cut him. Just persona non grata, like not even acknowledge him." And as a fan, it's like, "Yeah, like don't I don't want to see this dude play again until the stuff is like settled." And I don't even even if that I, it's just a matter of how the case goes. And f- funny enough, like I was uh I was on a, a Zoom call with with him before all the stuff came out, and uh, I had a chance to. Uh, win a jersey a signed benjamin Mendy jersey if i won a trivia contest came in second and i'm so glad i finished the second because i would have had a signed benjamin Mendy jersey on my wall behind you <laughs> yeah <for like> so <laughs> right many now videos, what i'm looking at like where the mugsy Bogues thing is right now it would have been in so many videos and it's like and then when he gets caught with something it's like oh my god like, i'm to go like blur all the stuff you gotta out. go blur everything it's like a monster behind me the whole time allegedly of course so it's just it's a weird thing for to I don't want real life into my sports and I can't, I can't separate the two if that's the reality of the situation, you know? And when it comes to violence against women, that's something that I can't let up on. Like, there's a few things like that. You uh, know, you got the heavy stuff, uh, like the like the capital stuff, of course, like loss of life, you know, but when it comes to like violence against women, children, I can't let that go. I, I just can't. It's, it's just too, it's too much. Um, so I don't want, I don't, I'm not, I'm not here for it at all. Um, but we'll see what happens when, when the season tips off. I just, I just know that as someone who makes YouTube videos about the Hornets, I'm not gonna be talking about Miles Bridges in any glowing fashion, no matter what you could drop 50 every night. I can't do it. At it's not yet. Not yet. At least I got, I got a, just it's too soon. Yeah. The thing with
0: miles is like, and maybe the past
1: year he's been able to
0: take control of areas of his life in which, you know, he's demonstrated prior non-control. And, but oftentimes with these things, it does take time to heal.
1: And, and I want to hear what he has to say. He hasn't talked publicly. Yeah.
0: It. Like you just want like, to see him like improve as a person and demonstrate the character traits that this will not take place again and be able to, you know, not schmooze us and not lie to us while he's being somewhere you know, someone else behind scenes, but like you want to see him take these positive like steps in the right direction, because I think everybody wants him to be a better person than what he displayed and demonstrated last summer. Mm -hmm. I think, I, I, I don't think that there's a single person who believes otherwise, but at the same time, like you, you have to give time in order for people to see real, rooted life change and i don't know if he's i don't know if he's had time enough between the court case and the nba rulings and the review of all of the things i don't know if he's had time to really just stop focus on himself and improve himself and you know obviously we'll we don't know we don't know all those back you know life things that are going on but yeah, just this is the part that gets real grimy, and as you were stating, these areas of life when, when when real life that is messy and ugly, and you've had personal experience with your with your career before, right? Yeah, and running into it in that regard when that bleeds into sports for you, that's something because there be a lot of fans that say, "Hey, that." That doesn't have that effect on me. Why does that have that effect on you? And then there's people like us who would argue, how does this not
1: affect your fandom? Yeah. Like, like, dunks, fair play. Like, I'm not, you know, so like, I can't do it. Can't do it. <laughs> yeah. It's just one of those things where you're
0: like, I I can't do it. But yeah. then you've got other people saying, why are you doing that? Like, you don't have to do that. You can compartmentalize, you can spread, you can pull. One person out of this from the organization that you follow, and maybe not intertwine the two, and be able to make the the differences. But I don't know. There's a there's obviously, and this fan base seems split. I mean, when you go to social media, when you even when you're talking with people who are fans of the Hornets as well, it seems that there are it's always split on. Some people can, you know, see the Hornets with Miles Bridges in it, but also take him out of it, take, you know, what he did out of it. And then there's other people that can't. And, you know, I tend to be like you in that one that can't. And I really just don't. I really don't. But, yeah, uh, Michelle Johnson, this is uh, something that she wants. And I'm glad that shows you know, true character from from her end, but at the same time, um, yeah, I'm I'm glad that she's forgiven him. We can too, but that still doesn't mean that I want to see him in a Hornets
1: jersey. Forgive but not forget. It's kind of we we'll have to be.
0: Yeah, we're gonna take a break. Uh, listen to this ad. Hive hoops. Be right back. All right, Sam, so I've mentioned previously already that we'd be getting into uh, the media availability from, uh, I believe it was, you know, it was two weeks ago at this point. By the time this episode drops, it's going to be two weeks, almost two weeks for, uh, for Mitch Kupchak. So I wanted to get your thoughts, Mitch Kupchak. Um, you know, he talked about the season. He talked about injuries. He spoke about the off season and where the focus is going to be. He spoke about the draft. Were there any parts of what Mitch Kupchak stated on Media Availability Day that have you worried about the direction of this team, about the direction of this offseason? Maybe we back it up and we look a little bit more, you know, in the present. Anything got you worried?
1: Um, n- Nothing from – nothing that he said per se. I thought it was pretty like – like Mitch Kupchak, you know what I mean, straight down the middle with it. Um, I th- I appreciate his acknowledgement of how bad the season was, and you know, injuries are the a major driver of it. But you know, when you have injuries, you look at you know your your second unit and your third options to kind of step up, and it was really light. That area that, that area was pretty light, and we only really saw. Two acquisitions last summer, DSJ and um, and uh, Tail Maladon, Kopchak made a deal, sent Plumley out of town. Sent, like talked talk about Jalen, got him out, got some draft at, capital back, bought out Reggie Jackson. Uh, saw Makai Luke come through, and I don't know, just I felt I didn't hear enough to explain like how what the team did, like were they tanking or not? Like I feel like they were, they weren't. Uh so was this this do we just all just witness the best effort from the squad given the circumstances? And I can't admit to tanking because they'll get fined like the Mavericks did, I guess. But you know, you know, it's just like well, how will history look back on the season? Because there are teams like San Antonio that full on tanked. Houston went all youth, like we're gonna we're gonna tank. And Charlotte remained in the weird middle ground. Where they couldn't catch the real tanky teams, they can't ca- couldn't catch the Magic and the Wizards of the world, the Portland's of the world, and is this just that's a lack of talent? Is this a getting hit with all these injuries? So that the way I, I wish I wish Kupchak was allowed to speak more openly about how the season played out and when they really decided to it's like okay, well you know what, this out of our hands. Let's just play the as many kids as we can, call up the G Leaguers. And just and see what happens. Um, and, and play for next year because I still don't feel good. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just going on a tangent here. Uh keep going. That's what the people want. I think I think it's a a like strong missed opportunity for Kai Jones and uh more so. For James Booknight, just from an asset point of view, uh, Kai Jones looked okay. He still doesn't look like an NBA player yet. And James Booknight looks even further away from being an NBA player. And I would, in my head, I always thought, I was I talked about this. Like, if the Hornets had the Hornets had a very little chance of winning a lot of games this year, like the over under was like 34, 36, something like that. Like, they weren't getting that. And at the at minimum, you hope they would showcase and see what they got with the kids. Booknight got extended run. Didn't make the most of it. Got sent to the G League. Kai Jones, we saw some moments. Thor got extended run. McGowan's got extended run. Um, I guess I would love to hear more from Cupcheck about making that switch and, like, the balance of those guys, especially with the G League, because, like, we had, for a while we had a really overqualified G League team, given the pedigree of that team from the guys who were recent draft picks. So it's just a weird setup. They weren't the, winning a lot. Yeah, is this is this unfortunate, really? So, um, yeah, so Mitch is Mitch. I don't. I, that that's just my main thing. I just wish I heard more about the the placement and the management of the talent, because he can't control who plays and who doesn't, but he can control like where guys play physically, whether Charlotte or Greensboro, and the management <laughs> of that compared to the overall goals of the season, given all the injuries they dealt with.
0: So where do you fall? Do you believe that the season was more so roster construction or that the season went the way that it did due to injuries?
1: Which one would you fall on? So I thought going into the year, if everyone was healthy, I thought this was a tendency to best given how much the East got better um, going into last year. And obviously a lot of guys got hurt. Things didn't go the Hornets' way. Ended up the fourth worst team in the league. I just didn't see this team making, getting better, improving on what they did the previous season, um, and that was based off the roster because the roster construction doesn't make sense to me. Terry Rozier playing like nice. Terry and Lamelo. We've seen three years of it. That's enough. It doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're not. They're going to trade. They're not trading Lamelo. I think mean, Terry needs to go to a playoff team, like I mentioned before. Um, who else? Like, uh, oh, uh, Dennis Smith Jr. I like a lot, but he's not a backup point guard. You know, like the Hornets, let me back up. So LaMelo in year four, we know well, what I'm pretty confident saying right now as far as his avail- availability goes, he's going to have a, he's having, it's a tough time standing on the floor. He stays in foul trouble for whatever that is. Whether that's him, the placement, the, the the scheme, whatever. He's had foul trouble He's uh, two years ago and last year. And they need a backup point guard that can play when LaMelo's in foul trouble. And by the looks of how his ankles went last year, they're going to need a backup point guard that can really keep things going when, if and when, this ankle thing or whatever injuries become a thing. If Lamelo's going to be one of those guys that's just going to miss games, they're guys that are awesome in the league that you know are not going to play all 82, right? And if, is Lamelo going to be one of those guys? I don't know. Year two, Lamelo was fine. So year four is going to be crucial in figuring that out. And if he's going to be one of those guys that misses games, that's awesome, but misses games, you just got to build your roster with that in mind. And the, the Hornets don't have that type of roster that can survive without a real playmaker when LaMelo's out. And so that that needs to be addressed. The backup point guard and secondary guard. Like right? what Cody Martin's health. I would love Cody to play next to LaMelo and have like uh, the the Walmart version of Tyrus Jones be the Hornets backup for LaMelo, like that'd be ideal, like an actual guy that could take care of the basketball, you know. But that's those guys don't grow on trees, so finding that, finding that, I think the front court is looking better, right? With uh, with Williams and, and Richards at center, I'm excited for that year two of that with those dudes. Uh, the, the four looks okay with PJ, we'll see what happens with Miles, but Thor can play some four. Kai Jones is a long way away from there, but. You know, it's that, that guard, the guard area is such like a high priority item for me. If this team wants to can to be good, not even like contend, but like be a good team, they gotta they gotta fix the backcourt. And um, yeah, and largely that, that really re- revolves around the Because in the in the in the um in the media availability, he talked about how he wants to win. And I'm watching I'm, li- I'm listening to that. I'm like, all right, what are you gonna do about it? What are you gonna do about Lamelo? You know. No one has the ball more than him. He leads the team in usage rate. What are you going to do about it, Lavella? He doesn't get to the free throw line. He took 11 threes a a game last year. He shot like under 50% from twos. Like, he has the ball more than anybody. And what are you doing with it? You know, and when he went out, you know, we know how he is defensively. The team improved defensively without him. But they were shooting less, so they're having fewer possessions. So it's a weird one. Like, what's this team look like? What's what's the actual plan here? And I don't know if there's a ton of dudes on the team that are NBA ready yet, but they got to get there. You got to start <laughs> shaving some of these guys out and bringing the new guys in that can be NBA players. Because it's, I, I'm I'm pretty confident the Horns gonna be in the exact same position next year as they are this year. The crazy thing about
0: what you just said in terms of the guards. This team has, like, seven or eight, like, guards, whether Mm -hmm. that be point guard or shooting guard. I mean, like, you can roll through it. And so, like, when you look at the sheer volume, this team has guards. But then, as you stated, does the team have guards that you can rely on where the, the pairings work, where the rotations jive, where the guys are playing, you know, basketball that can bring you wins because like when you think about it you got LaMelo you got Terry Kelly Oubre plays the two oftentimes you got Dennis Smith Jr. you got Tao Maladon who are both point guards and then you have Cody Martin who missed the entire season who's a two guard at the end of the day you have Bryce McGowans who at the end of the day he's a two guard you got James Booknight who is not ready to play but he's a two guard. And so, mm-hmm. like, you got all of these guys, but you still don't have solutions. Exactly, yeah. And that's where the consolidation has to come in. And that's where Mitch made one comment that had me worried. I thought a lot of people overblew a lot of things, such as not pegging Mark Williams as the day one starter next you know, season. He's challenging the guy. That's fine. Go mm-hmm. work hard this summer. Nick Richards has shown every single summer since he became a professional basketball player that he is willing to work hard, improve. That's why he just got his extension. He wants Mark Williams to go out and do the same thing. He's not going to hand it to him because Nick Richards keeps improving. Mark Williams stays where he's at. Nick Richards might be a better basketball player come day one, 2023, 2024 campaign. But as far as the rest of the roster, Kupchak kept alluding to most of our damage this offseason is going to be done in the draft and by retaining the players that we have the most control over, meaning mm-hmm. E.J. Washington and Miles Bridges, because those are your two restricted free agents. That's the part that worried me some, because what I'm hearing there is that there's not going to be a lot of movement out and about amongst the league. It's going to ha- happen internally through the drafting process, and through the free agent process. And that has me a little worried because I feel like we've got to start consolidating. You had fans at the end of the season talking about how they wanted to bring speed back. Like that's, yeah. how, <laughs> that's how down bad this yep. franchise, this fan base is, that you had fans in a final ten games that mattered absolutely zero – A guy they wanted to all of a sudden bring back because he played some promising minutes with Teo Maladon, Ty Jones, JT Thor, and Nick Richards on the floor.
1: Like, come on. Yeah. I like like to, same with Book Night. I like to remind everyone that the easiest, the most attainable commodity in the NBA is scoring. Like, all these dudes can score. Because a lot, especially if they're going to leave Book open. They're going to test them. They're going to leave Mikhail Luke open. These guys can hit shots because they're pros. But can they play make? Can they play defense? You know yeah. what I mean? Like, get, can, they space can they not the floor turn properly? the ball over? Can, can they, they protect the ball? Exactly. All those other things are more important. That's why Nick Richards was so important, why he beat out Vernon Carey because Vernon Carey was his only asset was scoring. And they're never running a play for Vernon Carey. He is too small to rebound and defend the rim. Nick Richards was like, I got this board man gets paid. I'm getting rebounds. I'm dunking and I'm, you know, and I'm contesting shots. I'm not going to block them all, but I'm contesting him. And that's mm-hmm. how we got paid. And that's why Vernon Carey is out of the league now. Right. That That's how you make an NBA roster. And the Hornets have too many of those dudes that are like not doing the, the other things to be a real rotation guy. Like JT Thor. He's focused on defense. He's running the floor. He's, 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 he's rebounding. And you know, he's, taking the seldom open shot like I love that from a kid who is like a man you know what I mean like that's where he should be focusing on not trying to bring the ball up and trying to make something happen so yeah to your point yeah like the this 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 team has too many guys who don't do enough other things that contribute to winning and that's how you end up with the fourth worst record in the league So LaMelo Ball was
0: asked about his future in Charlotte. Looming, you know, extension. Everyone's been talking about it. Many people have began talking about it even sooner than maybe they needed to because LaMelo showed so much promise early on, rookie of the year, all-star. And yet we started talking about it because the Charlotte Hornets haven't won anything haven't even made the playoffs, a seven-game series in those seasons, and so this this conversation became accelerated. And so he's asked about his future in Charlotte, and he just responds, "You know, I can't really tell you about the future, but I love it here in Charlotte, and we'll just play it day by day, essentially." Did that say anything to you? Did that send a message to you? Did uh, you know? Do you think Lamelo was trying to, you know,
1: tell us anything through those words? What what are your thoughts? Uh it just uh it's it's nice hear, it's nice to hear that he likes it here. Because Charlotte's a great place to live. It's great, but it's fantastic. I I it's real rare to hear someone move here and not like it here. You know what I mean? At least not at least you know, he may like someplace better, but to no one like dislikes it. So that's nice to hear from Lamelo. But just it just it just irks me just from a basketball point of view. Like you're the you're the best player on the team. You you missed a lot of time right, with, with your ankle injuries. And when they ask him, like, w- w- what do you plan on working on this summer? He just says everything. You know, just work on everything. He says that. Uh, that's the third year he's been saying that. And his numbers have, are no the results. We're not seeing really the results. The volume went way up this year. Um, but the percentage went down. And all the, the the things the best point guards do in the league, like get to the free throw line and control the pace of a game, he's not doing and I don't know if he's been playing hurt, you know, with the ankle stuff. I know when he re-injured, he played three games, probably sooner than he should have. When he his first returned back, before he stepped on that fan's foot, but all we can look at is what we saw on the on the court. And for a dude that had the ball in his hands more than anybody else on the team, in 36 games they were 13 and 23. And so I'm like, right, well, right, you're the you're the guy on the team. What are you doing? What are you going to do to make to to lead to wins? And I haven't seen it from him. And I'm the Hornets should extend him. They should offer him whatever max he's eligible for. Like, I'm not suggesting they move on from LaMelo, but I am wondering if he's a type of guy that can be the best player on a good team because I, I'm just not seeing winning. Like, the playoffs are going on right now, right? And looking at what guys like Derek White are doing, things that LaMelo doesn't do those things, especially on the defensive end. And so it just goes back to what kind of player is he going to be in year four? Because you can project that out, right? If he comes in year four and turns into Benedict Mather and go into the line five, six times a game, it's like, oh, okay, he's going to be on, on the tier of like your your James Harden's and uh, Trey Young's of the world, like similar type players that can command a pick and roll, break down half courts, and really control the tempo of the game. Like if that's, all, if that's what we have in year four, that's a big deal, but I don't, I don't feel confident seeing that. So like what version of Lamelo we get in here for? And when he says, I want to work on everything, that tells me we're not going to, that means nothing. Like everything means nothing. If you're not going to tell her, tell us. Cause if you don't know, you're not going to tell us. We don't, I, as a fan, I'll tell me a fan. The fans are going to say like, all right, well, if you're not telling us, do you know, you know what you need to do to get better? Yeah. Or are we going to see the same dude we've been seeing? If we have been, the Lamelo we've seen so far is not, is not going to be a, a guy that can lead a team to the playoffs and beyond. It's just not. And he needs to get better on both ends or the roster needs to accommodate his play style in a better way. Like we mentioned before, like moving on from Terry, getting a real like point of attack defender to play with LaMelo, a guy that can play behind LaMelo when LaMelo's in foul trouble or hurt, or whatever, you know, in rotation. So like that, that year for LaMelo is going to be so interesting, but I just hate hearing the, Yeah, I'm going to work on everything. Okay, man. Cool.
0: Do you believe between the injuries and the lack of calls whenever LaMelo does drive, do you believe that those things have, you know, in hindsight, hindered him from getting to the line? That's that's one of the biggest knocks on him is – He's taking way too many threes. He's not getting to the line enough. He's nearly a 90% free throw shooter, I think 85 on his career, something like that. And, but he's not getting to the line. Do you think it's the injuries? Do you think that it's, you know, the propensity not to get those calls in the lane that are, that's, he's like, well, I mean, I'm either going to get hurt or they're not going to
1: call it when I go down there. So what's the point? Yeah. I mean, he takes a lot of floaters. Like they're soft drives. Like I don't, he doesn't need to elevate, but he's 6'7". Does he play like he's 6'7"? I don't think he does. No. And when, when that happens... I think that's a great
0: point. I think that's a great point. Because one of LaMelo's greatest assets is his, his height and his length at the point guard position. Like, everybody in the league wants a six seven point guard who can handle it like him and can dish like him. But you hope that also from that, you get some of that lengthy bounce, like just some playing above the rim every once in a while and different things, and you don't get
1: that from him. He doesn't play like a six-seven player. No, he doesn't. And he doesn't need to post dudes up, but when you're you got a guard on you and you're you're 10 15 feet out, like you gotta work on a, a jumper, you have to have a move, right? You don't need like he doesn't have to back anyone down, but he should he shot 45%. From twos, from twos, Ubre was over fifty percent from twos. Like Lamelo should be able to do that, you know what I mean? And that's not. I don't, I don't, there's no hate here. I, just for I own two Lamelo jerseys. I like Lamelo ball a lot. I want to see him do well. <laughs> Hold and, on,
0: let, let let me throw this down real quick, just so everybody knows. I really like Lamelo. I got yeah. two jerseys.
1: I just got to let them know, you know. Like I'm not, I'm not, I, I'm not a ball family hater by any means. This would make that very clear but I watch basketball and you watch these playoffs and you see what these guys do that contribute to winning games and taking 11 threes a game is a problem. And this is maybe a cliff thing because I was looking at this earlier. So Lamelo is about what shot 11 threes. Rogier was eight threes. Oubre was seven threes a game. So uh, Lamelo would make four, we'll go four of 11. So like uh, seven misses. Uh, Rogier is like f- about five misses uh, Oubre is about five, so like 17 missed threes per game between the three, three of those three dudes. And for a Hornets team that's like 12th, pretty middle of the pack from an offensive re- rebounding point of view, that's a lot of gifted possessions to the other team. That's a lot of non foul calls, right? If, if goes from two, three, if if Lamella goes from 11, three attempts to nine or eight and adds a couple more drives per game. That can change the whole tempo around for a team that's not good defensively, right? You're taking better control of the uh, taking better care of the ball on one end. You're slowing the pace down, creating fewer opportunities to defend when you're not good at it. You know, there's like a there's a balance there that the Hornets never really struck with Lamelo that we only really saw post All Star when Mark Williams was starting and Lamelo was hurt. You know, like there's a when everyone's back, it's gonna be with. It's gonna be, I'm really interested to see how that plays out and how Cliff manages that, because like. Oubre, man, like shot thirty two percent from three and fifty one percent from two, right? If I'm Steve Clifford, if I see Kelly Oubre shoot a three, I'm benching you, man, like get <laughs> into the lane. <laughs> All right, shot. let me stop you real
0: quick. Do you want <laughs> Kelly Oubre back?
1: It, uh, no, no. Um, for honestly, for his sake, he has no business. Like Terry Kelly Oubre, I think can contribute to a to a better team, to a a playoff like mixed team, a playing mixed team. And I think he'd be wasting his time here in Charlotte. He's 27 years old. You know, he's not like you don't need a ring chase per se, but it's just that's I think the Hornets should continue to invest in the youth. I would rather see those minutes go to Thor and McGowan's than Kelly Oubre. Um, Oubre I like defensively. I think I like him better with uh, Lamelo than Terry. I like the the, the Oubre Lamelo backcourt more than the Terry Lamelo backcourt. Um, and if Ke- if Kelly Oubre is committed to Driving to the bucket with or without the ball, I'm here for that. But largely, like, cut the man loose, like <laughs> let him go to a good team so he can tend for something meaningful. Because I, I just don't see it. I'll rather the Hornets go full youth once again. And I know people are like, all right, well if they lose again, they're gonna lose Lamelo. Like whatever, you know what I mean? Like it's a bigger, it's a bigger game right now. Is figuring out which among, which kids are worth keeping on this team because they're gonna have a lot through the draft. Like you mentioned before, like I'll Cupjack mentioned before, and a lot that they, I think really struggled to get rid of. Like, who's going to trade for James Booknight? You know what I mean? Like, he has Absolutely. no value. You're going to have he's to put a pick- Yeah. He's going to be, a, he's going to be a, like a, a kicker, just a random throw in in a trade, or you got the time to a draft pick, something. But like, you can't, you got, he have, you have two more years to figure it out with him while he's under team control. So I would, as a fan, I'm willing to eat another year of poor basketball. To see what we have with this, versus like committing long term, like signing Kelly Brady to a four year deal or something like that, which I think would just be a, a terrible mistake for him and the team.
0: Nick Nurse just got left uh, let go by the Toronto Raptors. Mm-hmm. If you were the Hornets front office, even though I don't personally, personally believe that Steve Clifford deserves to be fired for the past season,
1: would you still? Pursue Nick Nurse. Uh, uh. So if if it, if I could pursue him, if I could sign him with like if I could get him, I would go get him. Uh, I would have if I could do it without disrespecting Cliff. That's kind of what I'm getting at. Because I think Cliff should return. If there's a way to do it without pissing off Cliff, I know. Like that's the thing. Like if it, if you could do it and maybe move
0: Clifford to like a front office gig or yeah. like some
1: something. Cause Cliff was a consultant before he came back to Charlotte. Right. Was, um, And I like Cliff a lot. I do. I thought for considering how last year went and how he wasn't even involved in the first round of interviews, I thought him coming in and him watching him coach this team, like coach this team. It was like a high school coach out there. Like the way he was on his feet, the entire game talking to the refs, yelling out defensive calls. Like, I love that. We didn't see any of that from James Briga. So no. I was, I was a big fan of Clifford and uh, from, uh, from last season. Um, but his whole contract's weird too, because like, it's just it's two more years, but one the last year's is a team option, so they can get rid of him, only pay him for this season, bring in another coach, and then decline the team option. You know, what I mean, they're not married to him long term. It always seemed mm-hmm. temporary. It was like seemed like a favor, because him and Cupchek are boys from the Lakers day, so it seemed like, hey man, listen, just I know you're kind of chilling, like semi-retired, like come yeah, through. like
0: I mean, like. That's what it feels like. He was never a long-term solution. So, mm-hmm. like, if you could go out and I love Nick
1: Nurse to your point, though. I, like, I think go get amazing, Nick right?
0: Nurse. Like, he could be a guy that could be in Charlotte for a decade.
1: Mm-hmm. And and I think he would love <laughs> for, for a while there, before they traded Jalen, I was like, Jalen would be the perfect Nick Nurse guy. Like the big <laughs> oh, six, seven, six eight, like wing after the wing. And like get get JT Thor, like. I would if I if I'm Mitch Kupchak, I'm hiring Nick Nurse, and I'm calling JT Thor in my office, and I'm like, "Listen, you're gonna go live with Nick Nurse. <laughs> you're gonna spend every hour of every day with Nick Nurse, because we want you to be Siakam. Like you learn every <laughs> learn everything we could possibly you could possibly learn from this man, and we were we're turning on Pascal Siakam because he has the frame, he has youth on his side. I think he has the aptitude to be a really good player. He just doesn't have it all yet." And I think one day, because he's still, man, I don't know. I'm a big JT Thor, man. Homie's going to be 21 next year. He's so young. I mean, couldn't tell. Couldn't tell whatsoever <laughs> that you was big on JT Thor. I mean, <laughs> I, don't, I, don't,
0: I don't know how we could have arrived at that uh, at that solution.
1: I don't know. <laughs> but you give up. Kai Jones, same thing. Like, you got roommates, Nick. All right. What would you to take these dudes in? <laughs> all, like, the, the super athletic wings. Uh, put McGowan's in the group. Get you a nice house in, like Myers Park or something like that. Get a whole whole like <laughs> compound. And I'll just it'll be with uh wing university and just go out there the three and D university, get it done. And uh Nick Richards, or not Nick, well, Nick Richards, Nick yeah, Nurse. Throw him in too. Yeah, why not? Shoot some threes, Nick. Shout out th- man. That's another thing. Like that's another thing to look forward to next year. Uh, with Mark Williams and Nick Richards, potentially stretching the floor a little bit, something we haven't seen since Mo- More game. missed
0: threes for the Charlotte Hornets next season. Can't wait. <laughs> it's going to be great.
1: <clears throat> Brick City, here for
0: it. it I mean, they kind of proved it all season long that that was their moniker. Hey, we used to be good at shooting. All of a sudden, we're not anymore. Yeah, the so,
1: second worst team in the league shooting West. Just awful. Just awful. Okay. I'm I am i am glad to hear
0: that you are uh in on Nick Nurse though.
1: Mm -hmm. Oh, for sure. And if they wanted to go like full like like Portland Jailblazers, they could do bridges and Ndoka. Like that's always in play too. Oh you know, like that's they can go go all in. And I know it's alleged, but I mean you could also, you know,
0: Hornets get that pick three, then they always go Brandon Miller to to Metsima. I I mean they get the
1: third pick. I mean, you just throw it all together, right? Embrace it. Own it. You know what I mean? Like second, second chance you over here. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> that would be. <laughs> Redemption or Charlie
0: there. Come on. Which off season would be worse at the, at this point? Would it have been last off season or would it be this off season? If all of that came to be, I mean, at least there's movement
1: at that point. Right. Yeah, And that team would be better. Like Brandon Miller. Miles Bridges and Adoka get this team to play, like, defense. Oh, like, really man. Toughen up the squad. Adoka's a fantastic coach. We don't even yeah. really know what happened in Boston, but still not great. Not a great look.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, the fact that Boston said, "Nah, we got to get this dude up out of here. Mm. Man, that would be something. If, the, if that triangle of dudes – all come to Charlotte, which I obviously it's don't not going to happen. It's yeah. never going to happen. But two <laughs> of them could. I mean, it's it it's very possible the Hornets could land
1: two in both of those players. But on the uh, on the other side, of things Frank Vogel still chilling. Like I don't know what he's doing, and he was a guy who was a big a big fan of what he did in Los so Angeles. Ch- I thought he got the yeah. short end of the stick over there. Um, right. And so when we talk about Clifford's deal, give Clifford this year, and maybe get a hand like a look for, for Vogel to come in next summer when maybe Charlotte's a better coaching position. Because <laughs> the, the coach of the Charlotte team doesn't seem very fun right now. And so I think we should be grateful to have Clifford here. And I like a, a well-respected NBA coach doing this job where if he wasn't here, getting someone off his resume here, it would be kind of difficult.
0: Yeah, no disrespect towards
1: Cliff. That's not what that yeah. was, right? That's not what that was, right? Yeah, no, I
0: love Cliff, yeah. It's just, he has. And dealing with... Just the on-court edition of the Charlotte Hornets this past season, and then all of the off-the-court stuff that he he handled it like a pro all year long, and he continued to challenge guys. Like you said, he was like a high school coach out there because he had so much youth running around.
1: Yeah, I think it really shed the Cliff doesn't play kids moniker. Like people are really getting on him because like they're pointing at Mark Williams, but ignoring the fact that James Booknight got like a month and a half of basketball. A stretch he, did. he didn't get at all his rookie year, and he year. just wasn't good. Yeah, like he, the guys weren't playing because they, they weren't playing. It wasn't because they're young; it's because they weren't good. <laughs> you know, yeah. Cliff gave these dudes a real shot to uh, to succeed multiple times, with mixed results, Mo- mostly right. poor results.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, if the if the Hornets don't land Wemby, mm-hmm. give me. I know I I didn't throw this before uh, to yeah. you for the episode. Name me the next three players that you would like to see on the Hornets the most?
1: Uh, I mean, I got Scoot and Miller in that order, really. Because Scoot would be perfect. It's LaMelo insurance in more ways than one, right? If Mm -hmm. LaMelo sticks it out in Charlotte, signs a five-year deal, extension, whatever, having Scoot in Charlotte as well, because they could play at the same time. Scoot can can run the point when LaMelo is hurt, in foul trouble, whatever. And if Lamella wants to leave, we got Scoop, right? As, like Scoop, in a way, I hate even to say this out loud, is a better fit than Wimbenyama and Charlotte. Like, I think, I think that the, I think that position, Woo! that position is so important for this team. Now, Wimbenyama, I just want to go back now. Listen, Wimbenyama is an <laughs> incredible prospect, but just from what the Hornets need. And they don't get the first pick, Scoot is the guy. Like if they're like, all right, we have the second pick, do we do Scoot? Do we do Brandon Miller? It's Scoot all day, every day, because of that. Because he's a real point guard. Like, and not that Lamelo isn't, but you know what I mean? Like a prototypical point guard, uh, taller Chris Paul or, or what have you, right? Where Miller would be awesome too, two-way dude, right? Paul George, second coming Paul George, maybe. Uh, he's very useful. Every team in the league could use a guy like that. But from a need point of view, like Scoot Henderson is by far the the best second option behind Wimby-Nyema.
0: All right, so obviously you have Wimby, Scoot, Miller, which is nearly, eh, I don't know, I've seen some, but for the most part, those are your top three players. Mm-hmm. Who's that next guy for you? Is it one of the Thompson twins? Is it a Jairus Walker? You know, where do you fall next?
1: Yeah, Can't I go be. I go with the Ahmed Thompson because he's more of a playmaker. Because this is going back to his playmaking. Because if the Hornet the Hornets are not in a position to draft based off need, they need to just go best player available, just in general. Um, and Ahmed seems to be a better playmaker than his brother. So I would just lean towards that. Cause then you could do like a run up, I mean he's basically like a Walmart LaMelo at that point, six seven point guard. So you just kind of run rock with it that way. Um, if they they the Hornets could end up with the eighth pick. They could. If that happens, they better trade that thing, man. Like, I don't think the draft that from what I've heard, the, the draft isn't that deep. And if I think if they get the eighth pick and they have, like, the 27th, whatever yep. they have from the Nuggets, if they can either trade up or package <laughs> both to cut Joe something, uh, <laughs> <the> Tayrose <laughs> Rozier contract, just to, like, consolidate the roster a little bit. And then they'll still have a really high second-round pick, two second-round picks. Wait, no, they have three second breaks, excuse me, that they can manipulate as needed. So they're, they're, there's options if they fall out and like down to the eighth, eighth spot or or seventh or whatever, it'd be a bummer. But I think that'd be put ample opportunity in for them kind of to use that pick to either get up or move out just to get some flexibility. Cause if they add five rookies to this team, that'd be a massive mistake. But that'd be a, such a massive mistake. Yeah, that Obviously, won't happen. That can't won't happen because no. that's the reason they traded during last year. They had too many kids, they yeah. couldn't have more kids come in. You know,
0: if the Hornets fall to eight, they have like a 1.7% chance of that even taking place. If that happens, Charlotte, I there's just,
1: there's, I don't know where to go from here at this point. But- if it's not Grady Dick, if it, like, I got to have Grady Dick on the team. I mean. <laughs> <Got you. laughs> With the CLT on the front and Dick on the back, like, you got, like, if it's not him, if he's off the board, all trade next the pick, to him. Like, oh, obviously. yes, man. It got to happen. If, if, if he's off the board, trade the pick, call it, like, just punt the draft all together, just pack it up, go home. <laughs> get him to Charlotte. No, I did like, because this is where
0: I stand, too, if the Hornets do fall, if they end up six. Six is actually their highest percentage – like highest chance of whichever number they land right mm. they have a 25 percent chance of getting the sixth pick so they have half of that at moving up to one mm. and so honestly the hornets most likely falling spot is the sixth overall pick but if the hornets do fall they have so many picks that maybe you could get a team who likes multiple guys there that maybe doesn't want to get one of the Thompson twins. Maybe they'd rather have a Jairus Walker or a Cam Whitmore or maybe even a you know Grady Dick, Anthony Black,
1: one of those t- type guys. And just real quick, I know we're kind of running out of time here, but like with the Hayward contract, what if going back to like a Siakam, those dudes that were on the market uh, for the deadline, if the Hornets were like us, go eighth pick. 27th pick, Hayward's expiring, for Siakam or Ananobi or Bradley Beal. Like no, I'm not advocating for something like that, but I'm just saying that that these are the options that are in play. The two first rounders and expiring contract could get you a star, uh, you know, a star. I mean, nothing too crazy, yeah. but to get you an NBA year. player. That yeah, second like-
0: year. Right on the outside, maybe they've been an all-star in the past. Maybe they're right there on the line currently. No, I'm
1: with you. I I, I think there are, are. Options, there are options. There options ahead. So it's, a, it's it's not the end of the world. The, the Hornets have like no cap room, so it's gonna have to like go real creative the next few months with the draft and trade market. Sam, I've appreciated you being on
0: yet again. Like I said, I've got to get you on for a third time sometime. Maybe, you know, after the draft, maybe once we know kind of what this roster is looking like, maybe maybe we get a little bit of consolidation taking place. But yeah. Sam, let everybody know where they can find you. I know a lot of people already know, but go ahead and let them know uh, just in case.
1: Yeah, youtube.com slash samdracula is, uh, is my YouTube channel. Uh, all my socials, are you can find there um, or samdracula.com has all the stuff you need but yeah i do hornets videos i do live streams i'll be live streaming during the draft lottery so if the hornets end up with the eighth pick if you want to come watch me be sad on the internet come through uh come through subscribe Turn the notification bell on because i'll be live doing it live if you want to come complain in real time come through on may 16th i think when the lottery is yep. uh but if they get the first pick, if you want to come party with me come through i don't drink on the internet but i may drink on uh, on lottery night depending on how on things Wednesday go. Night, huh?
0: So. <laughs> All right man, I've appreciated having you on yet again. Hive Hoops, thanks for listening until next time. Adios. Thanks for listening to Hive Hoops, presented by The League. Be sure to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Also, be sure to leave a review and let us know what you thought of the episode. Thanks again from From Hive (laughs) Hoops.